Located just north of the Golden Gate Bridge, Sausalito is a town of roughly 7,000 people. Both mansions and cottages stack its hillsides, and the heralded houseboat community fills the waters of Richardson's Bay. Through conversations with fishermen, librarians, longtime locals, and first-time tourists, each episode of Dock of the Bay explores Sausalito through the voices and perspectives of its people. You're listening to Dock of the Bay, Stories of Sausalito, a collection of audio insights into one Bayside city. I'm your host, Molly Cox. Sausalito's real estate is among the most expensive in the world. Residential housing on land averages over a million dollars, according to the 2010 census. And even parking spaces command a hefty price tag. Amongst this scene, there exists a fringe society, known as anchor-outs, or liveaboards, that are navigating the waters of Sausalito's real estate and living rent-free in the middle of Richardson's Bay. These are boats that literally drop anchor in the bay and stay with their human and sometimes animal occupants living permanently aboard. These boats must occasionally raise anchor to prove they are indeed a navigable vessel, but in between they stay firmly planted, with their occupants going to and from shore in smaller boats. For some, this is a choice brought on by reluctance or inability to fit certain societal standards. Others would be homeless if not for their boats. For all, it's a way of life. In a lifestyle rife with inconsistencies, Ale Ekstrom is one of the few constants. He's been a watchful eye on the anchor out scene for over half a century. I think it was 1957. Uh, I brought my uh, Navy whaleboat, and that, that, that was my home. And I brought it on a trailer all the way up here and put it in the water and anchored out. The representative for the boatyard came out on his motorboat and told him he couldn't anchor out there, to which Ale replied, oh, I told him, you're certainly mistaken. I says, you know, these are navigable waters, and I'm a navigable vessel, and I'll come and go as I damn well please. In Ale's telling, after that exchange, all of a sudden the boatyard representative was real friendly. And when he learned that Ale played the concertina... He hired me, paid $50 for me to play one of his parties just to make sure there were no hard feelings. But uh, they, they realized then that uh, that they weren't going to be able to just bluff me and my boat away. They, they were trying to be so exclusive. And the last thing they wanted was a what was a bearded veteran with a living aboard his own boat. So that was back in 19, 1963 when I started anchoring out with the, with the boat. And so it's been half a century... <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm dreaming. The origins of the anchor outs can be traced back deep into Sausalito's history. Larry Clinton, former president of the Sausalito Historical Society, explains. During World War II, of course, Marine ship was built almost virtually overnight and was uh, employing something like 27,000 people. Marine ship was a huge-scale shipyard, but when the war ended in 1945, so did the demand for its outputs. After the war, Marine Ship closed down suddenly, and all this material was left on the beaches there. Old landing craft, uh, uh, lifeboats, all sorts of, uh, of stuff was lying around, and no one was claiming it. So at the time, a lot of the GIs who had been in the war were coming home to study on the GI Bill, and they were looking for inexpensive places to live. And there was one landlord who owned a substantial amount of property on the waterfront, 
who allowed them just to pull these old hulks uh, up on shore, maybe build a little superstructure on them, and live there rent-free. In the 60s, Larry Moyer came out to Sausalito with his friend Shel Silverstein, just before the legendary Summer of Love. People would uh, just build their own boats on lifeboat hulls and landing crafts and boats like this. And this was a balloon barge at one time. The two were on assignment from Playboy magazine and were sent to document the happenings at what was referred to as the Haight-Ashbury Summer Homes. Terrific assortment of characters. I mean, these were some, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of musicians and poets and, and artists. And, and it was great because uh, you had a, well, not, not a lot, but you had a lot of nuts down here. I mean, people were actually cuckoo. So you got to live with, with crazy people, which is pretty unique. Most of the time they're in a nut house. Or they're, you know, uh, but he's, these were your neighbors. The anchor outs are considered to be some of the few remaining indications of Sausalito's more bohemian days. Their continued existence is a polarizing issue between citizens on the land and those on the water. Today's anchor out populace is varied and shifting. Well, it's, it's hard to guess the numbers, but probably 50, probably 50 different boats out here. And that's many, and, and most of those with people living on board. There are a lot of war veterans who have found refuge in Richardson's Bay, but also students, families, cruisers sailing their way around the world and unable to afford docking fees. Very interesting boat people there, some of them boat people and some of them not. That, that some, of them are, some of them are driven to... Uh, living on boats because they just can't find any place ashore that, that, that they could afford and not be bothered. The anchor outs are a largely misunderstood populace. They've been described as an eyesore, a nuisance, and a source of pollution by the occupants of million-dollar homes on Strawberry Point and along the Sausalito waterfront. As Ale describes, Well, they resent them coming and going, and they think it's free rent. Well, it's not. You have to pay attention. You have to pay skillful attention and vigilant because if you don't, uh, Mother Nature doesn't give you a notice. She just evicts you when things are not right. Just all of a sudden you're evicted and you're swept away in your own wreckage. Occasionally during storms, boats pull free from their anchors and are flung across the water, sometimes colliding with other anchored out boats, sometimes with the shore. Typically, they blow towards neighboring Tiburon and smash into docks and homes. When it's stormy, it's, uh, it gets real gnarly out here because uh, when the wind blows from the southeast, We've got, uh, oh, several miles of fetch. And over that period of time, uh, great big waves, I mean, like two or three feet, that's fairly big waves when you're out there with a small boat. Oh, it is. It, 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 some of the storms we've had out there are uh, frightening, really frightening. <laughs> Aside from the danger of boats floating loose from their moorings are the daily hazards that the anchored out face getting to shore and back to their homes. Ale lives a quarter of a mile from shore, and other boats anchor out up to one mile from the Sausalito shoreline. Many come ashore daily for free lunches, to find refuge at the Sausalito Public Library, or for any variety of provisions. Every trip, back and forth, comes with the possibility of falling into frigid waters. How many have drowned? Oh, good Lord. Uh, oh, in, in, in the, uh, what's it been, half a century? I can only think of, I, I probably couldn't name them either, but no more than a dozen that I know of, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a, hmm. 
Chronic unemployment, substance abuse, mental health problems, and poverty affect many of the Bay's residents. Loneliness is also a problem. Some of the anchor outs, because of increasing age, decreasing mobility, and other concerns, are no longer willing or able to cope with the unforgiving qualities of life on the water. Ale, however, is content. With his two cats, Siami and Calicoco, as company. Oh, I, I owe my life to those cats. I would have been depressed to death without them. And more than 50 years of seafaring experience. So that was a, I was five years a sea scout before I enlisted in the Navy. Ale has been able to survive the tumultuous and dangerous winter storms and practical difficulties of daily life afloat. And now, goodness gracious, this is, this is heavenly. There isn't anyone on earth that, that, that is happier at home than I am here. Ale lives aboard a 63-foot Old Navy crash boat named Yesterday. It's only reachable by water, and so a secondary boat, a little motorized scow named Idleboot, Idleboot, the only boat that Idleboot's ever built, is used to go back and <laughs> forth from shore. Once aboard, it's clear that Yesterday is much more than a boat. It's a home. Oh, well, the goodness. Uh, well, I've got a bathtub <laughs> and a kitchen and... Uh, and, uh, well, you know, you just you build yourself into it because it's such a big boat. I can bring them anything I want from the, from the free box. Postcards, memorabilia, paintings, drawings, and photographs, including one of Ale as a three-year-old with a knife clenched in his teeth, cover the walls. Fishing poles are in the corners, and books and toys neatly line the shelves. Seaplanes regularly fly overhead, and the boat's large windows face the ever-changing beauty of Richardson's Bay. Oh, and when the boat, the boat fishtails back and forth like a flag in the wind, slow. And of course, then with the tide and the wind changing directions, uh, it's, it's almost always a different view when you look out the same window or the same porthole. It's never the same. But despite the coziness of yesterday, loneliness is a problem. Along with the loneliness comes the danger of self-medication in the form of drugs, alcohol, and medicinal prescriptions. Ale has been completely sober since 2001. I've smoked many a bud of wisdom since I believed they were good for my head, but now looking back, I think I can see that they smoked me instead. He still brews his own beer, but steams out all of the alcohol before he drinks it. You know that my home brew was for nutrition, that I didn't add sugar to it. I, I put a lot of molasses in it for the vitamins and the minerals, but the purpose for that was nutrition, not the alcohol. During the afternoon that I spent with him, I sipped the non-alcoholic stout, and Ale brought out the concertina. Most of the tunes that he prefers to play are jigs and reels, but some step away from the cheeriness of folk tunes. Deep Water is, Deep Water is a song that Ale wrote. He doesn't perform it much anymore, and when he does, it's almost always the instrumental version. Each one lives in a universe unknown to anyone else. I don't do the words with it anymore. To sing it with the words makes it too emotional. The lyrics themselves are a testament to the heaviness of the life that he's led.
Being anchored out in the bay is free, but it's free for a reason. There's no electricity, water, or sewer system. Fuel for generators and drinking water all has to be brought over from shore by a dinghy, by oar, or outboard motors. Assistance is available to anchor out. The Richardson's Bay Regional Agency has offered free holding tanks and contracted with the company MT Head to offer free waste removal services. The Marin County Department of Aging and Adult Services and the Ritter Center offer assistance as well, including flu and tetanus shots, eye exams, fire extinguishers, and first aid supplies, and information on basic services such as county health care, veterans' benefits, supplemental security income, and dental care. This episode has been a production of Radio Sausalito. Many, many thanks to Ale Ekstrom for sharing his story, for the concertina performances, and for explaining a lifestyle that is so far removed from the norm. Thank you also to Larry Moyer for his insight, to Larry Clinton for historical Sausalito information, and to Peter Romanowski for contributing to this episode. I'm your host. Molly Cox. Be sure to tune into Dock of the Bay Stories of Sausalito next week for more Sausalito insights.